At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. You know it's wrong. If you ain't heard about we're about to let you know. Cause you know it's all. It's all. Cause you know it's all. What's up, Joe? Man. Uh oh. You know, there's certain <laughs> things when, when they happen in our lives, and we've had conversations about different situations we've been in, you, G, and I. I ain't never been in this one. Go ahead. Well, you ain't been in this one, but um, so Friday. Um, my significant other was going to have a long, long day at work. It's Kim, Kim, my wife. I, I, I know you're always going to go there, so I'm going to go, go ahead and put it on you. So she had a long. She was going to have a long day at work, and you know I was going to be a nice guy and go get her a cup of coffee just so I can drop it off. So you know she. What could, size? Uh, um, venti. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just checking we your lie. A, we make a little bit of money on the podcast, so I can I, afford that venti. I got payments though. So okay. So I, I go to our local establishment, and I'm sitting out front with my back to the door. It's a beautiful day on Friday. 
All of a sudden, the door of Starbucks flies open, and a young man takes off like he's running a route, just gone out the door. So I'm like, What's what route is he running? Um, looked like maybe a, a slant because he came in front of me, put his foot in the concrete, <laughs> and, and he was gone. He crossed man. your face? He crossed my face. I couldn't get no hands on him outside five yards. I couldn't touch him. So then another guy comes out of Starbucks yelling, yo, yo, catch him. I'm like, man, you are too late if I'm catching him. Like, like, this ain't none of my business. So I'm sitting there, and this guy's pacing, man. I can't believe this happened. Call the police. Call the police. And like. You know, I, I'm not being on no subpoena list, so I'm not calling no police. I'm just minding my business. Yeah, you've been around black folks way too much. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> a typical Joe would have tried to apprehend the feller yep. and called the police. Yep, I'm not apprehending nobody. Okay. Let, let, this is family or friends. Uh, like, I watch, but like, I don't want nobody to get hurt. But yeah. so, Cold for I don't want to get hurt. Amen. So, <laughs> so uh, our, you know, the law enforcement. In the, in the town that I'm in shows up and this going on in front of me. So I'm like, yo, Kim's coffee's going to be cold because I'm yeah. watching this. I got to see what's happening. Uh-oh. You ready for this, Steve? 42-year-old yeah. Re- man, lived in L.A., lived in Charlotte, and this is what happened. This gentleman met another gentleman on an online site and was going to sell him a $15,000 Rolex. On a online app, Cash Money. Hold up. Yes, sir. Wait a minute. Let me put some boom in it. Put it. Put the boom in it. What? 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 What site can you go on that you can say I got a fifteen thousand dollar Rolex? Who wants to buy it? Not a good site. I, I, I don't have that answer. Okay, I, I, I'm just wondering. So, so what, what what I derived from the situation was you said derived, derived. What's what's the word? Der, I, I, I derived, Steve. So you know, it's uh, I just want what to make I made sure out I, of it. I just want to make sure I heard it right. Yeah. What is the what uh, place of origin, please, of derived? Interp- okay. Yeah, the interpretation of the situation. Gathered? Gathered. Okay. okay. I wrangled all, all right. of the information. Cool. Young man walks in with what I'll call a, a zip bank bag. I'm sure, you know, some of us have seen it. Little, 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 you know, vinyl bag you put money in. So he comes. Like a register? Like when you go, like we work at a restaurant and you, a bank bag? Yeah, a little Ziploc, little leather thing, like a pouch. Right, they call him Merces now. Um, he had a Merce. Okay. Cool. So, apparently, this young man walked in with allegedly fifteen thousand dollars in this bank bag. He hands this bank bag over to this man. Was it a big bank bag, small bank bag, envelope? It, this is part of the story. It so, wasn't. Are you Are you trying to tell me to just listen? Just no. I want you to interact. You that can active a, listen. You almost said yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out because this doesn't make any sense to me. You're correct. It doesn't. Because I can tell you right now, anybody in this studio, if I handed you a bag with 15 grand or I handed you a bag with, I don't know, 300 bucks in it, you're probably going to know the difference. If you never have 15, no, you would know It's a lot. 15 is a lot. 300 is not a lot. Well, 300 is a lot if you put in ones. Not for a $15,000 Rolex. 15,000 ones, you know how many that is? It's 15,000. So, 
Apparently, this man man hands this other individual this bank bag with 15,000, which wasn't. As he grabs the bag, he doesn't open it and count it. He just grabs the bag. So the purchaser says, hey, man, can I try that on while, while you're standing there? And the guy's like, sure, buddy. Put it on. You know what happened next. Ghost. Okay. So I hate to be make this into race, but I have to ask the following questions because I think it's really extremely important. It is important. Okay. There, there's a sketch of the artist, of the assailant, okay. so you okay. can go ahead. Okay. The purchaser was black. Correct. The seller was not black. Correct. Caucasian, I think they say on the report, Caucasian. <laughs> on the report. You looked it up, I didn't was you? right there, bro. You looked I it watched, up too, huh? I, I, yeah, absolutely. I watched the whole He's, thing. Wow. So it was a young African-American gentleman mm-hmm. in a T-shirt, pair of running shorts, obviously, <laughs> and, some, <laughs> and some Jordans. Ooh. Here's the key question. What kind of Jordans did he have on? Because, man, at at the rate you were saying he was moving, man, there's a few pairs that you just can't do that in. Well, they were fours, so he had some side support. (laughs) He he was good. He had some ankle support. Yeah, he had some ankle, because he knew he was cutting. (laughs) So as this is going down, the officer looks at this the Caucasian male of middle age, and says, uh, sir, do you know it's not a real good idea to meet somebody to buy a Rolex for 15000 He goes, well, I do now. So he starts describing this individual. Oh, yeah. Describe. So how did this indiv- how did the seller describe, air quotes, purchaser to law enforcement? So the law, the law height... Wait, you know, what did he have on? And then they got to skin tone. And the officer was an African-American gentleman. So this white middle-aged man was really trying to tap dance around. He didn't know how to answer because he said he was African-American. He didn't want to He didn't want to come off as racist. Either. He did not want to come off as racist. But he was already at a racist point because that brother stole his watch. He was. So, so, <laughs> so, so the officer We goes, know that's true, right? You know, he'd have dropped a hard R at least once. Internally. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. It could have been that internal chatter. So the officer says, well, what skin tone? Was he light-skinned? And this dude... Did not know how to answer this. So he lost $15,000 Rolex, and now he's in the middle of maybe getting tased, maybe offending <laughs> somebody. So this guy's looking like, well, I, I don't really understand how to. He said, look, was he my skin tone, or was he as dark as that brother over there? And there was a significantly darker gentleman yeah. sitting at a table. And this dude, um, well, uh, kind of, I, I guess I'll call him light-skinned. He's like, okay, light-skinned African-American gentleman, Jordan's. Running shorts, T-shirt, got it. It was like the most and Rolex and a Roly <laughs> and a Roly. It was the most stereotypical overview. But the moral of the story is like, how do you not know it's not fifteen grand? How do you not know? As a great philosopher that I live with, named Boston Smith, aka Bam, he would say it this way: "Stupid." <laughs> Ah, man. That's tragic. It was quite the day. So, the real question of the day is, Mm -hmm. did you have the 
get another coffee or was Kim, or you just delivered a coat? Oh, I drank that one while I was watching. I had to get, I had to get her another one. <laughs> hey, who do we have? Coming up next on the Cut To It podcast, we have in studio former Duke Blue Devil Ricky Price. Ricky is in the top 100 Duke players of all time to ever suit up for Coach K, and he currently owns game-ready skills and development basketball camps for children here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Perhaps the best three-point shooter we have had on our show to date, Ricky Price on the Cut To It podcast. So thank you for being here. Our first section is going to be called Get Iced Up. Um, If you know about Smitty, um, you know that we don't know where he's coming. He's got these all off the top. You can see a book, and I see your face is nervous right now. (laughs) But I don't know what's happening. He's about to hit us with it. So I got this little book. It's called The the Life Little Instruction, Instructional Book. Okay. And I I was standing in line. You know how you stand in line. I was standing in line at FedEx to ship something. Mm -hmm. And... They were moving at a pace that generally FedEx generally doesn't move at. And so this little book was right there, and I was looking at it. And I was like, man, I went to this FedEx because it's FedEx. It's going to be quick, man. I was in there about five minutes too long. Hmm. So I picked up this book, man. I started reading, and they got little things in here. So this is, uh, I'm going to say something, and you tell me if this is good advice. Don't take medication in the dark. Bad advice. <laughs> Take medication in the dark? Make sure you answer the question. Should you or should you not take medication in the dark? Well, I, I would think you need to know what it is that you're taking <laughs> so you can see. Yeah. So. Ricky was over here taking pills in the middle of the night. Didn't know what he was taking. Yeah. He says, um, oh, I like this one. What do you think about this? Every year, send your old... I'll, Alma mater. I can't even say Alma mater. Alma mater. Mm -hmm. A few bucks. Good advice. Yeah. Have you done that? I have. Oh. Yeah. Not that they need it. (laughs) I I mean, I I think Duke them coffers at Duke U is pretty deep, right? Right. I think they do a great job financially. So my 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 couple hundred dollars, I'm sure, (laughs) (laughs) didn't do much. But Yeah. uh, yeah. All right. Last one. How would you define success? Ooh, that's a loaded question. How much time do we have? As long as you want. Well, I mean, for me, I think success is, uh, you know, achieving all your goals and aspirations. For me, that was through basketball. Um, I felt like I was able to do that. You know, as a high school All-American, as a college uh, basketball player, and then as a pro. And then I think success also is what you do after you're finished playing. And I think um, I'm reaching that too by, you know, working with kids Mm. uh, with the Game Ready um, Academy training that we're doing. And so now you're touching lives in a, in a different way. Mm. And so, you know, I would qualify success as um, reaching your goals and aspirations, you know, whatever they may be. All right. Let, you know, let's let's get right into it because I, I, I love asking it this way is where are you from in a place you call your hometown? Los Angeles, California, born and bred, um, you mm. know, born and raised in L.A., grew up in the Compton Carson area. And, uh, you know, everything about me has an imprint of uh, of that West Coast lifestyle, yeah. you, you understand that, Steve. You understand, man. That, a lot man. of people don't understand that. So you talking about the Carson? So first of all, um, you know, we're just gonna sit here and resonate on that a little bit and just kind of ho- hover. So a lot of times, like, this is how I know. This is how I catch a catch 
catch a ninja <laughs> in a lie or not. Which what street you grew up on? Uh, well, my parents are divorced. Okay, and so my dad lived in Carson, my mom lived in Compton, mm-hmm. and so in Compton, I grew up on the corner of Wilmington and Alondra, right mm-hmm. next to the Compton Airport. Okay, and then further down in Carson, which was only a ten minute drive, he lived off of uh, Wilmington and Avalon, mm-hmm. um, which is right there by Cal State Dominguez. Mm-hmm. So uh, no lies detected. Mm-hmm. Grew up on 126 in Avalon. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. My my uncle, uh, my late uncle Frankie, uh, was a lifeguard at Victoria Park. That's where I grew up. I grew I grew up swimming in there. Yes, playing yeah. basketball, slam and jam. Izzy yeah. Washington, mm-hmm. Victoria Park was everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, my 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 mom actually graduated, uh, raising two kids from uh, from Dominguez Hills. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She she went to L.A. Trade Tech. Mm-hmm. Went there and then she and then eventually got her degree at uh, uh Dominguez. I like it. Both my parents met at UCLA. Okay. And then uh, everyone thought that I'd probably go to UCLA uh, for college, but uh, I was a different breed. I wanted to get away from home, but mm. uh, uh, I know I know a little bit about the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I learned how to swim at Victoria Park, but I I maintained and spent my summers down the street uh, from the house at Athens Park. Athens Park. Yes, wow. Sir. Yeah, you lose your shoes in there. Yes, yeah. yes. See, we grew up in the in the eighties where you know, <laughs> colors. Was... He just agreed and smiled. And... Yes, I mean, I, I, it was a couple places where you had to be super careful. Yeah, you know, like you want to wear white, you know, gray, and maybe black. No red, no blue. You know, you could get in trouble wearing those two colors. You know, yeah. just wear something off um, because you know uh, people would they would sweat you about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember going sloss and swap meet. And whatever you bought, you had to put on before you walked out. Because if you walked out holding it, you weren't going to hold it for long. They they were going to check it on you. Shoes, T-shirt. Seventh grade. Yeah. Left ear. That's why I got my ear pierced. Slauson Swap. No way. Yeah. Slauson, boy. (laughs) That big old green building? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. Right there, I was at Reverend. I was right there uh, uh, in elementary school. Uh, folks, folks had their house on my grandparents had their house on 126 in Avalon until about uh, 2007, and had it I, th- I believe 19 1950s mm, till wow. two, 2007, and living with my mom um, on uh, 54th and in, in Arlington. Mm. So right there, there was a Reverend. Remember Reverend Cleveland? <laughs> Remember that guy? Yeah. And they actually turned that church into a pick and save. And then there's something else. Now it's, I think pick they knocked, save, right? they knocked it, it down. back so many 99 yeah. cent store. 99 cent hey. Bonds. It's just. Bon- yeah. uh, he, Pavilion. He brought, yes. He brought up Winchell's Donuts the other day. Winchell's like, Donuts. Yeah. I loved them. Yep. Cake Donut at Winchell's. Cake Donuts, man. That's the, the, it was Winchell's, then it turned into Duncan. So West Coast guys, man, is uh is different. They're, they're, they're different. What, um. Man, growing up in the 80s, right? You from LA, growing up in the 80s. Man, I'd be remiss because you're a little bit older than me. I'd be remiss, man. I want to give you an opportunity to kind of just describe, um, you know, a guy who had obviously, they were divorced, but had both of your parents in Mm -hmm. your life. Uh, How difficult, if it was, if it wasn't, it wasn't. You know, not everybody experienced the misfortune and, 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 and some of that, but how did you grow up and how did the eighties with, that's when gangs were really gangs. Mm-hmm. That's when the crack epidemic 
was infiltrating the the, the community, the mm-hmm. not the black community, not the white community, not the Latino community, the poor community, in ways that people lost their lives, mm-hmm. right? Families were broken up, people were killed over those little pieces of rock. How how, how did it, how did it impact you? As a young man who who had a family that they went to college, they were well educated. They knew what it looked like on the other side of the one ten freeway. For a long time, I did not know what it looked like on the other side of the one ten freeway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great question. I mean, for me, um, you know, I come from a middle class family. You know, both my parents worked. You know, they went to college. They made decent money. Um, I'm the only child. And so the focus was on me. Mm. To be honest and, and really keep it simple is I got a pass. I got a pass. Wow. I got a pass because mm. I was that kid in the neighborhood who always had the basketball, mm. dribbling my ball, holding it, trying to shoot on everybody's backboard if you had one, you know, over your garage. And I want to hang out with the fellas, you know, but for whatever reason, God bless their soul, they would never let me do it. They just saw that I had something and that you know, it couldn't be replaced. And so they never let me hang out. They never let me bang with them. They never let me get into dirt as they got in the dirt. You know, they, nah, you can't go, you know, keep keep dribbling, keep shooting, keep working on your game. And I felt alienated because I wanted to hang out. I wanted to be down. I wanted to be cool. But, you know, my path was different. And for whatever reason, they saw that and they gave me a pass. And so I channeled all my energy into basketball. And so my friends became my teammates, the guys that I played with, who had a common interest and goal, which was basketball. And so that was the bond that we had together. And that's how, you know, I kind of made it through. And I was a good student, you know, 3.0 student the whole way through. But it was it was hoop that really, you know, kept me focused. I love cut to it. And I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And... You can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers. Question. Uh, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cut to it podcast.com. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. 
Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You take that and you fast forward and you get an opportunity to play at Duke. What did that mean to you and how did you go through that process because of your family, and bro, I'm be honest, that's like blasphemy <laughs> around that time when you got the O'Bannon brothers. Right. To not go to USC or you got Bo Kimball, not to go to UCLA. Like, I'm just stating all these different people, like mm-hmm. O'Bannon's, Bo Kimball, mm-hmm. um, Hank Gathers at Hank Loyola. Hank Gathers at Loyola. Like, mm-hmm. that part of the side of the country, that's what basketball was. Yeah. yeah. And you chose something <laughs> else. <laughs> How dare you? Right. Well, that's a good question. Uh, what's funny is because uh, my freshman year, UCLA won a national championship. And so I'm thinking to myself, I damn sure made the wrong decision. Wow. And we played them that year and they beat us by 25. Mm. Beat the brakes off you. Killed us. Yeah. And they had, like you mentioned, Ed O'Bannon, Charles O'Bannon, uh, Tyus Etney, Toby Bailey. All them boys used to play at Venice. Yes. uh, yes. On the beach before it it came a homeless population. These are all my friends I grew up with. Slight flex. Playing AU, slamming jam with. Slight flex on the cut to a podcast (laughs) by Ricky Price. So, I mean, I was like, did I make the wrong decision? But again, I said I was a different breed. You know, I wanted to get away from home. Yeah. I wanted to, uh, you know, become a man by leaving to go away. Um, at the time, the ACC was the best uh, conference in America, uh, probably still is. Um, at the time, we had Coach K, who was the best coach in America, probably still is. Mm. And I had a chance academically, you know, to go to a top 10 school in the nation. And so for me, you know, it checked all the boxes. And I want to challenge myself, you know, and get away and do something different. So how's a young man living in L.A. have those boxes that you're talking about? Because those, for me, I I rarely, I didn't go to UCLA Mm -hmm. until I went to university high school, which was at, which 
you know, I only went to a couple of couple of a couple of months at Emerson, mm-hmm. right? Went to Paul Revere, but all I saw was Horseman, Dorsey, Centennial, uh, my uncle, uh, uh, coached a little bit at Sarah, you know, some of the folks I grew up with at Sarah, mm-hmm. Gardena, uh, Bannon, uh, Locke, Crenshaw. I fr- grew up across the street, uh, eating, eating TV dinners on a, on a, on a white, uh, pale Fremont. Mm-hmm. I never thought about. First of all, I didn't even know what tobacco roll was. I never thought about places on the other side of the country. Well, I didn't really know too much about Duke until I visited. You know, mm. I knew for a fact that uh, I watched college basketball a lot. Grant Hill was my favorite player in college. You know, he was my host on my visit. And it re- <laughs> yes, yes. Nice and, job, Duke. Good right, job. <laughs> exactly. They knew what they were doing. Wow. And, I mean, the visit was was incredible. It was nothing short of incredible. Hmm. And, uh, you know, sitting with coaching with Coach K and the rest of the coaching staff, talking to Grant Hill, seeing the rest of the players, watching the tradition that they had on the basketball side. You know, for me, it was something that I wanted to be a part of. And luckily for me, in the recruiting process, you know, my dad, even though my parents were divorced, my dad was very much a part of my life, uh, especially early on. And he was there for me at the, in the recruiting process. And he was able to help me, you know, put together a so-called box. So you can check those boxes to see where it is you wanted to go. And so, um, you know, I had an idea of how I saw myself as a college basketball player and where I wanted to go. But, um, you know, recruiting and visiting, it just became painfully obvious and clear that Duke was the place for me. Who else? What other trips did you go on? What, what, who were they up against? Um, so it was, it came down to Duke and Kansas. My final five was Duke, Kansas, Arkansas, Cal, and Arizona. And uh, my first two visits were to Kansas and Duke. And I just, I shut it down after that because I didn't think it was going to get any better than that. And so Roy Williams was actually at Kansas at the time. Mm. You know, he just retired as a North Carolina coach. I'm sure you probably catch him on a golf course uh, sometimes. Um, Good guy. Great guy, actually. One of the few uh, good guys. And he's still, you know, every time I see him. One of the few good guys at UNC or? Well, well. Let me rephrase that. You you, you, you said, said it. One I of, just I'm an active listener. One, I, I see that. I see that. I see that. <laughs> Can't get anything by this guy. <laughs> you said uh, one of the good guys. Like whoa. Well, listen. I mean, of course, there's a there's a Duke UNC rivalry. Okay. Is so that's where it's from. Not saying. No, I mean, there's no ill will towards any of no, those no, I'm guys. No, right? I'm not talking about c- coach. I'm not talking about the particular coach. I'm just talking about sometimes former players, the guy who's been recruited. Who's who, who's also now working at Academy dealing with young men? Mm-hmm. You see the uh, fugaziness of recruiting, <laughs> right? Right. I, I've experienced it with my son, my oldest son. Mm-hmm. He plays soccer, and I just saw in the recruiting. I was like, "Bro, this game is different compared to compared to when I when I oh, played. Yeah. Like when I played, it was like, look, you got three teams. You know, you got five teams. You take three trips, mm-hmm. right?" Take a trip that you know you want to go. Take a trip that you know damn well you ain't going to go to it, but you just know it's a cool school, right? And then your second, your second choice. Now they got five choices, Mm -hmm. five recruiting trips. Mm -hmm. They get, they hosting and they get all of that stuff. It's a production. Yes. And so that's why I was saying it, not out of like 
hate or haste, but just more of you. You've seen it now of mm-hmm. being in a system, being raised in a system, raising up now young men and women through your program. Mm-hmm. So you see, like, man, it's a lot of false advertisements. Of course, of course. And I had to, you know, fight against that and sift through, you know, the people who were, you know, for gazy yep. and you know, people who, you know, weren't as real. Mm. But, um, you know, once you spend time with these coaches and talk to them, and Roy was one of my favorite guys. Mm. And even though I like Duke better uh, than Kansas at the time, I like Roy Williams better than Coach K. And wow. so that's what made the decision so tough for me because I really had a great relationship with him and I was – I had a great relationship with Coach K, too, but I just had a better one with Roy. And so I chose Duke, and I ended up having a good relationship with Coach K. And now, you know, we're still on, on great terms. Mm-hmm. But it was it was that, you know, nip and tuck, you know, that made the decision. We've had some guys on here that has, have, have talked about how influential Coach K was. Mm-hmm. How, how was Coach K from your perspective and your personality? That's a good question. Um, You know, I tell people all the time, in terms of X's and O's, Coach K is comparable to just about anybody. Wow. He's not excellent on the X and O side. There are guys that are maybe even better on the X and O side than Coach K. What Coach K does better than anybody is that he's an incredible motivator. He gets guys to play above their level year in and year out. When you say above, break that down for because – you hear above that level and you go, oh, okay, he's he's squeezing the last part of the he's squeezing, taking all the juice out of that fruit. But having a to say a a coach can make a guy play above that level, it's not squeezing the juice. Mm-hmm. It's actually growing the growing it to where that, that fruit is bigger. So he doesn't have to squeeze it hard. He just dabble it because it's so ripe and ready. Absolutely. Imagine. Zion Williamson, he's already really, really good. And when he came to college, he was already really, really good. Imagine him getting the coaching that he got from Coach K and Coach K talking to him and motivating him. And then what you saw was Zion Williamson play above his level, mm-hmm. even better than what he you know, came to Duke as. And he finished National Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. He was the number one pick and, and actually a human highlight real. Yeah. And so when you get Kyrie Irving and Zion Williamson and Marvin Bagley – and, you know, Shane Battier and Elton Brand to play above their level, you know, you get wins and you get a good product, you know, in college basketball. And I think one of the things that Coach K does best is motivating these guys to play, you know, up and beyond their level. When you go to college, you want to go to a school that's the right fit. And if you think you want to play at the next level, you want to go to a school that's going to prepare you for that. And, you know, I think right now Duke uh, has the most NBA players in the NBA, Duke and Kentucky. They're neck and neck. You know, they lead by a dozen Mm. uh, where they have the most players in the NBA. And I think it's because those two programs really help, you know, the college athlete get ready for the next level. And so now you're running the same sets you run in the NBA. You know, Coach K obviously was a USA men's basketball coach, won three gold medals, you know, as the Olympic coach. And he's running the same stuff with LeBron and KD that he ran with Zion and RJ Barrett and the rest of the people. And so it all translates. And so now when RJ and Zion and Cam Reddish get there from that particular team, they're ready to go. They've been running NBA stuff, you know. So now when they get to the NBA, it translates for them. 
defensively, it translates for them. Mm-hmm. Coach K, we're not running zone. Maybe if we get everybody in foul trouble, we might have to go to a 2-3. He's running man-to-man defense. Why? Because in the NBA, the they play man-to-man defense. Play so, so that, that solo ball. Absolutely. And so ISO, you know, you're going to, if ISO situations are available, he wants you to exploit that and go for that. Why? Because in the NBA, you're going to be, you're going to have to be able to do that. And so the preparation is there for all the kids who come to Duke. And, you know, if they do their one or two years and they play at a high level, I think they're ready to play, you know, at that level. And basketball IQ wise, they're good. Now, are there some guys who are just a little bit slower than others? Absolutely. Of course, you're going to see that. But for the most part, these guys come prepared. You do your one or two years. You have um, your tutelage, you know, from Coach K and the rest of the coaching staff, and you're ready to go to the next level. What was your experience on that different style of culture when you got to do? Well, I think it was important. You know, a winning culture and a winning mentality is very, very important. I think in all sports. And so at Duke, they create a culture that is about winning. And it starts with practice. Everything in practice is charted. It's charted. And so deflections, wins and scrimmages, mm. and they wow. promote winning on every situation. So just on a basic, you know, or let's run a suicide, sprint. They want to see who wins that. Box out drill. They want to see who wins that. All right? Three on three. They want to see who wins that. And the people who are winning everything, they want to put together because these guys are the most competitive. Mm. So Coach K and most great coaches breed competition. And that's where it starts. When you want to build a great culture, I think he's got to start with a, with a competitive spirit that you have to instill in your players. You sit here and thinking you, know, you brought up Coach K's last year. I'm mm-hmm. sitting next to two professional athletes that – Former. That, former, for, former. Former professional athletes that, that played a while. Man, I, oh, you, I, you still you still play? I mean, I thought. <laughs> so, can't just burst my bubble like that. <laughs> so, 16, 11. The, the, the crazy story is uh, I played in several training camp situations, yeah. made it through a preseason, but never played in a full 82-game season. Mm. So the answer is no, um, but nine years overseas yeah. as a professional athlete. So I looked at Coach K, and it's like 42, 43 Coaching and for him to walk away, what's that mindset got to be like for him from you knowing him? How's he How's he okay with going home and sitting and reading coffee in the morning? Good for him. I mean, good for him. Yeah. He's he's done so much for the college basketball game. He's done so much for the kids that he's coached. Yeah. And he deserves this moment to be able to step away from the game. 70-plus years old. I mean, how do you identify at 70 years old with, a, with an incoming 18-year-old? No. Imagine those conversations that he was having. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking to an 18-year-old. What are we talking about? You know, but he's 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 made the adjustment and done it for so long. And I think the biggest thing last year, I think, was COVID. And Roy talks about this too. COVID was such a strain mm-hmm. on these coaches last year. I think last year, one of the reasons why Duke didn't do so well, we spent the whole year trying to keep coach healthy trying wow. to keep coach from not getting COVID because he falls into that demographic of people who, if they got it, had underlying conditions mm-hmm. and were older, could possibly die. You know what I'm saying? And so I think we spent so much time trying to keep our guys healthy, but most importantly, trying to keep him healthy mm-hmm. that we lost sight of some of the other stuff. Now, I'm not making any excuses. No, you're we, just talking about the reality of, of, of that, the, the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And and so for Duke, I think it, it was tough. And then at some point, like if you're 70 plus years old, you've already done 35 plus years. Do I want to deal with this? Do I want to deal with COVID? Do I want to deal with the transfer portal? 
Do I want to deal with, <laughs> with, 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 do I want to deal with this? I've done my time. And so, you know, God bless, you know, God bless him. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him that he saw the light and he wants to step away. Now we have a great coaching waiting, John Shire. And, um, you know, he can go home and spend time with his God kids, walk his dog and, you know, be a grandfather, be a husband and just relax. You, you, you said you didn't have a NBA career, mm-hmm. but you know, you played, um, professionally overseas. Mm-hmm. We had Ivory on here and she, she Ivory Ladder? Yes. Yeah. She talked about She was a baller. Yes. She, ta- she told us. She, <laughs> she's a baller. She talked about her experience overseas. Mm-hmm. How was your experience overseas and what what places did you play and how was that for you? It was incredible. Look, your goal as a basketball player is to be a professional basketball player. Obviously, if you can play in the NBA, it's the ultimate of the ultimate. And I got a taste of that in summer leagues and yeah. preseasons, but I still got paid for playing basketball, which is awfully, you know, which is pretty good. Yeah. So I played, uh, you know, two years in France, you know, Slovenia, Amsterdam, China, you name it, Venezuela, passport full of stamps. Mm. And so basketball has offered me a, a great uh, opportunity to see the world and see places that I probably would never see if I wasn't playing the game. At it, when you first started, playing overseas, what was your mindset? I was disappointed because I felt like I was an NBA player and I deserved to play in the NBA. But the reality sets in, I'm not in the NBA. This is where I'm at. So let me make the best of this. Let me go here. But why were you disappointed? Well, I mean, listen, I mean, I can't front and lie. My goal as a kid was always Mm. to play in the NBA. I remember visualizing and imagining myself, you know, being in the NBA, playing on Christmas Day and having my mom. I mean, I had visual, I dreamed about this. Mm. And the fact that I came short in that department, you know, it kind of stings and hurts Mm. initially. But then you have to move on and, okay, what are we on to next? And so, you know, that's what I was able to do. But I think, you know, getting overseas for the first time, it's just, it's like, it's, it's a bit much. Like, this is so different than what I'm used to. No BET. You know, no, uh, no things that I'm used to, you know, at the house. I mean, everything is so much smaller. Mm-hmm. Why is my washer and dryer the same? Stackables. Stackables. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's you know, true. I don't know how to drive a stick. They just gave me a stick. What am I, how am I going to drive this car? Oh, look Boy. at, oh, sorry. The free car they gave you wasn't good enough. Hey. <laughs> hey. Don't look around in the room. Yeah. I'm talking to you. It was good enough, but they could have got me an automatic. <laughs> but you know what's funny, though? But. My first year. You know, in Europe, everyone drives a stick. Yeah. It's not a, no one ha- really has an automatic. So I got a brand new car, it's a stick. And within a week, I stripped burnt, the You I, burnt the clutch. I stripped the gears. Oh yeah. Burnt the clutch, done. Miraculously, a week later, I had an automatic. Yeah. So y'all should have just gave me that from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> y'all should have gave me that. So we wouldn't have to go through all this. Yeah. So you so you go to, so first, first team was France? Slovenia, actually. So, so, Slovenia, where's that? That's yeah. a small country right next to Croatia in Austria. Ooh, I didn't know where it was either. I had to, I had to, I had to Google and do my research. Yeah, uh, no, stop lying. Well, you did not Google back then. I didn't Google, but you whatever, looked at what, you whatever, looked at an atlas, right? And what, a map, whatever, whatever Google, whatever the Google equivalent was. Yeah, I yeah, did that. Yeah, <laughs> I you, did that. You went on MySpace. Who is on MySpace that I right. know? So you got, got Italy here. Um, Austria We're on here, a podcast, you know. Croatia here, and in Slovenia, so that in the Baltic region, yeah. right there. All right. So you got there. What was it? What was 
what was your experience? Other than they, they gave you a stick. <laughs> it was incredible. The rooms were smaller. Yeah. You know, playing for a EuroLeague team, mm-hmm. um, you know, people don't understand. I mean, NBA is the best competition in the world. Yep. But Europe is not too far behind. Uh-uh. And a lot of their players, you know, are coming to the NBA. They slick and now. And you can see how good they are. I mean, how good is Luka? I mean, he's from Slovenia, mm. you know, and they, they were known for having some really, really good basketball players, you know, back in the day. And so um, the basketball was different because, you know, it was more physical, you know, more technical, you know, and, and here in the States. You, earn, you had to earn your you points to, in the paint. You had to earn your points in the paint. You know, um, here in the States, everything was more athletic, more up and down. You got mm. to get out in transition, not so much in Europe. You know, they, they, they ran offense just about every time down. And so it takes away, I was a really, really good athlete and I like to get up and down, jump and dunk and do stuff like that. And it takes away some of your game because now everything is in the half court Mm. and you got to get used to the physical nature. It's almost like playing Big Ten basketball, like against Michigan State every night. That's what it's like. You know, Michigan State's going to grind you out. They're not going to run as much. They're going to, they're going to be physical with you. That's how European basketball was. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. 
Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So you got your camp now. Mm-hmm. You do your academy. You know, tell tell us about your academy and 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 what the purpose. What is the true purpose for you? Right. You know, you're doing basketball. Mm-hmm. You are investing in kids. In August, we celebrated our 10 year anniversary. Look so I've that. been doing this for 10 years, wow. working with kids, skill development training, speed and agility training. We do camps. We do clinics. Um, um, uh, team corporate team building events, all these things surrounded by basketball. How how do you? I'm always interested. How do, how does because I don't get it in basketball because I don't really know how do I judge a good trainer in basketball because mm-hmm. I can watch a football player, I can watch a football trainer, I can tell, you know, to some degree, is this guy, you know, a gimmick guy? Is this guy really? Right. You know, oh, stand like this and do this. And I'm going to make his his 40 faster and all this stuff. But, yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. But making a kid's 40 faster and that boy still can't catch. Right. Just mean he was. He's he, 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 he just a fast screw up. Mm-hmm. Right. We know he, he can get from point A to point B. He can get from point A to point C because he's going to drop it at B. Mm-hmm. So how do you know, for an untrained eye like myself in another sport, how do you know and what would you categorize as a good trainer? Well, the biggest thing is, you know, if you're talking about age groups, especially with young kids, seven, eight, nine years old, the emphasis should be fundamentals. You know, you should be teaching these kids how to pivot, you know, catch the ball on their follow through. Make sure you leave your follow through every time on your shot. You know, being able to step into all your passes, defensively stay in a stance. These are all the things that you should be working on if you're a good trainer at that level. Now, as you get to middle school and high school, you can start talking about more advanced things, you know, offensive breakdown moves, uh, how to get open off screens. But really, I think the biggest thing is, is do you make corrections or do you let things just pass? So we have an hour workout session. okay, and you make two or three mistakes. I know you make the mistake. A parent is there watching, knows he made a mistake, but as a trainer, you never say anything. You got to stop, correct, and teach. All right? Another thing is you need to, you know, not so much get on your players all the time in terms of yelling and screaming at them, but when they do something good, congratulate them. Praise them for what they're doing right. And so now the player gets to see both aspects. All right? So he got on me about doing this, but he said I did a good job because I did this. So I need to stay away from doing this. I ain't do more of this. Mm-hmm. All right. And then lastly, you know, the proof's in the pudding. You know, I think you have a good trainer if he's starting to get results. Mm-hmm. You know, so now when he's playing in his AAU game and his high school games and he's now, you know, I got a text yesterday. Uh, the kid's name is Nealon. Nealon hit three threes in the game yesterday. One step back jump shot, one uh, shot fake and blow by, and then another wide open three. Well, it's crazy because in our training session just the day before, these are all the things we worked on. Mm. And so now he gets into his game situation and now he, he's, actually able to, he's actually able to do those things. Yeah. And so these are the telltale signs. You know, we're not gimmicky. We're not about, you know, throwing, you know, juggling balls and cones and dribbling, you know, three basketballs at one time. Well, in a game situation, you only play with one ball. You can't do that. <laughs> so why are we dribbling three? Why are we trying to juggle three? And so you see a lot of guys doing stuff like that and you're like, you know, what are we doing? There's a lot of trainers out there and there's a lot of good trainers out there, but there's a lot of bad trainers out there too. And what you want to do is you want to have a good 
a guy who understands and knows, who, who has credentials, mm -hmm. you know, preferably a guy who played in college or professional because those guys seem to know, you know, about the game. Yeah. You know, if you they never, know what you what 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 journey or what road you'll have have to travel. Absolutely. Pros or, or pros in the NBA or pros overseas. And the last thing is the mentorship. All right. Now, I don't sell this. It just happens because you spend so much time with these kids. They begin to follow you. They begin to to hang on your every word. And now it opens up opportunities to talk about um, your studies, you know, what you're doing in the classroom, girls, the pitfalls of dealing with girls, drugs, crime, and all these other things. Now you got a chance to really imprint yourself on these kids because you've cultivated a relationship with them and their parents. And now you can like build a really strong individual. Maybe you want to look. Train with your little bit basketball. <laughs> Can't improve my jumper though. Well, you'd be surprised. Ooh, you, you, a you, small you, fee you, every week. <laughs> <laughs> Just to hear your passion and mm -hmm. to sit here and see you talk about it, something you've been doing for ten years. That mm -hmm. when you started, you didn't even really know this is what you wanted to do. Happenstance. And then, yeah, and then to turn it into that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I haven't seen your rules and regulations for your camp or anything, but. Mm -hmm. If a young man or woman walked in with a UNC shirt on, do they pay more or do you still? No, you don't pay more, but I'm, I'm going to make you run extra sprints for that. Okay, for mm -hmm. sure. You know, yeah. so if, if everyone's running, you know, just two up and backs, you're going to have to run four because mm -hmm. this baby blue is a different type of blue that I like. Yeah. You know, I like the darker shade. Yeah, but people don't understand, man. That college stuff when you're in charge or you got that mic and somebody else is from the opposite school, like that that real rival. Man, it just sits with you a whole lot different. Well, it, it, I didn't realize the rivalry until I got here. Coming from LA, you got oh, what, wow. USC, UCLA, Celtics, Lakers. Yeah, that well, might be the biggest two rivalries that, that, that we knew. Yeah, you know, Duke, Carolina. You see it on ESPN, but once you get here and live it, it's real. Well, I'm I'm Utah. Yeah, and I'll I'll talk um, on the network, and every so often, you know, gotta talk about a BYU guy. Well, mm -hmm. I'm not. <laughs> I'd be like, hmm. right, right, right. He could be throwing a million first downs and touchdowns. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> he's not that good. He threw 500 yards, six touchdowns. He was just so he was just decent. Well, I, I want I want to share a quick story about that yeah. because we joke and we jest about it. But uh, Steve and I had the opportunity to go speak to a local college football team here, and you know, Steve went up and shared some good stories with them, and the team and the coach, you know, were showing some love to us, and they gave us some gear. But facts here, Steve sat there and said, I really appreciate the gear, but he had his Utah hat on because it was Utah BYU week. And he right. told the coach, no disrespect, but I'm wearing this hat. The coach stood there and said, that's what I'm trying to get at this program. Yes. You're wearing that hat because it means something to you, Absolutely. not just a hat. So it was really, really cool that a joke turned into a learning moment for all his Well, players. I wasn't joking. Yeah. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I was no, it was facts. It was dead I wore my Utah hat. I'm like, man, it's big week. Yeah. We play at BYU. Right. I had a, I had a lunch wager with a fellow BYU guy, uh, Derwin Gray, mm -hmm. uh, a pastor uh, uh, at Transformation Church. Every year, he's like, "What you? What we doing? Bag of chips? You know, it's just kind of like Utah. You know, he he went to BYU. I went to Utah. We live here in Charlotte." Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm getting texts from him every day. Mm -hmm. What, what y'all gonna do today? Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm like, it's real. What y'all gonna do? And so when I spoke uh, to the school, they're like, hey man, we 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 gave this gear, and I'm like, and like. <laughs> I'm, yeah, put it in the bag. I put it in the back seat, and then you know maybe another day. Well, I, yes, not today. But today, yeah. And we it was Friday. Was it Friday night? It was Friday night. It was Friday night. You told BYU were playing Saturday. Absolutely not. I am not taking off my gear. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, listen. There's some there's some great rivalries in sports. You know, Yankees, Red Sox, mm. you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Utah, BYU. Yeah. But Duke Carolina, man, I can't. I, I, it's, a, it's a special. It's, yeah, it's a special different. something that that rivalry but, gives. But, but every school, big or small, you have that rivalry. Mm-hmm. It means something to you. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I and I respect Coach Healy for that, and it was awesome. But it was also like I was like, man, I, Coach, I can't do that. Right. You know. Um. And and my school isn't big, but it's my school. Right, you know, they 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 took a chance on me, you know, and so I want to. I I, any way I can repay them, I try. Absolutely, absolutely, Rick. We've come to the last section of our podcast here. We've got a couple more questions for you. Learn a little bit more about you. Um, We we hear you're writing a book right now. Hmm. So where are you at in the process, and what inspired you to write that? It doesn't have pictures. It will have pictures. They'll, okay. be, they'll be black and white. Oh, okay. Uh, about a hundred. The color pages. pictures cost more. Yeah, they one. cost more. They <laughs> got printing costs. Yeah. It's the printing cost. Uh, but no, uh, you know, this was something that was kind of inspired by COVID. Mm. Sitting at home, you know, twiddling your fingers. We're locked down. Yep. And people have always told me because of my storytelling abilities that I should write a book. And so, you know, I thought about it, and I thought about it some more, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do this. Mm. And so the book is really about succession leadership. You know, the five um, pillars, you know, that I built the game ready, um, you know, program on. Mm. And then kind of like a memoir of my career as a basketball player, you know, going all the way back to my days in California, you know, to where we are now. And so when you put it together, you get, you know, a very, you know, strong, emotional um, uh, book that is filled with, you know, nuggets that, you know, get you better at being a better uh, leader and and being more successful. Mm. And so, you know, we're, we're right there at the end. I have a co-writer, Elise Williams, uh, who I'm working with. And we're finishing up the last two chapters, you know, as we speak. And then we're going to go to editing. And then, you know, we're going to go to print. And then you guys will both get a signed copy. And I oh. expect you to be at the book signing as well. We just were told what we were doing. Yeah, yeah. 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 This, uh-huh. is, this, is, this is like, you know, to repay for me coming on the podcast. Can, can, can that happen? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll take it. I, I, the question is, are they actually doing book signings like in, in person now? Well, you know, by the time- I'm not trying to be funny. I'm literally like thinking yeah. about like books. I, I mean, I read books. I read them on- I, I listen to audio books and also just ordering them and sit there and read them. And I can't remember the last time I heard a book signing. Right. And so we have to be very aware of that. Obviously, COVID is still, you know. I'm just talking about just overall, though. Like, Well, yeah. I mean, there are some people who are avid readers and who who really want to see and hear from, you know, certain individuals. Mm -hmm. And I I know with the following that I have, especially in North Carolina, people want to hear the story. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would hope that I would get at least 50 people to come out. Yeah. You know. You got two. You got two right here. Well, I got five. Y'all better come, too. Well, you. Okay. (laughs) 
production staff at Cut To It here. Well, yeah. the production staff want books too, there. So I mean, not a, not a problem. What's right, the name so of it? That's it. Five. What's the name you of the book? You giving out? Um, is that charity? Do we gotta give you our social security number after <laughs> tax write off, or you charge? I'm like, not. I'm not. You going. can't give us a book and then give us a bill. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's on page two. Yeah. <laughs> it's a slit yeah. in the middle. Here's my cash app. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah let me. my Vimbo number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I, I'm not going to divulge the um, title yet. I'm kind of keeping it close to the vest. We're throwing okay. around three different options. Um, okay. And so ask me again in about uh, a month, and I might have a, 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 okay. a clearer answer for you. Well, thank you. I respect that. Thank you. Yeah. Off mic, I'll tell you, though. Okay. Okay. D's? No. <laughs> That's twice today. That's twice today. <laughs> right here. I don't care how old you get. These jokes are always funny. Just, uh, I guess, to me. Yes, they are. Yeah. Now that you, you know, writing a book, got your academy, how do you want to write the last chapter of your journey? That's a great question. I already want to do more motivational speaking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I, I've done a lot of that over the past couple of years. Obviously, in the last year and a half or so, no one's done a lot of that, but I want to do, I really want to do more motivational speaking and team building. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that's something that, that I really feel passionate about and I want to continue to stay on the path, uh, with, with coaching. You know, I love working with kids. Mm. I love helping, you know, kids reach all their goals and aspirations. And if they love the game as much as I do, I feel obligated that I'm, that I'm willing to help you. Luckily in North Carolina, there's a, there's a great lane yeah. for basketball. Basketball is king. Not football, not soccer. Basketball is the number one sport in North Carolina. I, I, tell, I don't know what you're talking about on soccer. Oh, soccer's big too. Man, soccer's crazy. Soccer's big too. Football here? Mm. Maybe not so much. Mm. But basketball? Yeah. Um, every kid has a hoop. Every kid is playing. Yeah. Every kid wants to go to Duke, North Carolina. Every kid has aspirations Absolutely. for playing a professional. And these parents understand that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they want their kids to achieve their goals and they know that 99% of them are not going to be able to get to college. <laughs> they know that, but they don't care. It's the journey that they're interested in. So you're talking about the journey of the kids and 99% will not make it. These are just the stats. Right? Just the stats. Yeah. What are you seeing from your, you know, prior to COVID and your team building? Mm-hmm. Why is that such a profitable business for you, mm-hmm. especially with North Carolina and Charlotte, how many companies are moving here? I'm always intrigued because I've started to get some of that and, you know, not to the level you are, but I'm just interested. Like I will meet or do, you know, identify few company Zoom mm-hmm. and I always do like, we'll end up somebody asked me a question and the CEO's on there. And I, and I realized at some point through the process, I'm like, this dude's a CEO or CFO. He has no ability to think outside of the lane of, of business. It's amazing. You know, there's so much synergy in between sports and corporate America and what it takes to build a team. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to have certain principles that you rely on, like Coach K built his Duke program on, and those same principles can be used in corporate America. And so I do consulting work with Duke Corporate Education, and they do just that, team building. We've been doing that for the last eight years. And then, you know, with Game Rate, I do my own stuff on yeah. the side. And so, so now, you know, we take you through some basic basketball drills, okay? Corporation. Corporations. Wow. And so now a lot of these – 
guys have never or or ladies have never played basketball before. And now they're thrown into something that they've never done before. So they, they're uncomfortable. They're very uncomfortable yeah. because they're the head honcho of their business, of vulnerable. their group. And now- And they can't make a sandwich. They can't make a sandwich, let alone a layup. And so now I throw you in some basic basketball drills. But in order to get through these drills, you have to use each other to, to push each other through. Mm. All right. So you have to do it as a group. You have, to, you have to do it as a team. And so now we're building team chemistry. We're building camaraderie. And now there's a there's a there's a sense of we can do this, and but we can do it together, not individually, but we can do it together. So, so you got like a basketball escape room, basically. I like that one. Yeah, that was just off the cuff. That was good. I mean, basically, that's what yeah. it is. I mean, it's it's you're just getting away. You're out of your your realm of of, of reason, and you're doing something very uncomfortable. And you're using your compadres, your coworkers, to help you through. How do you handle? How do you handle? A CFO who has wanted this to be a team building for the group. Mm-hmm. And you realize the CFO who's a point guard mm-hmm. is the reason why the team isn't efficient, can't score points, can't grab a rebound, right? can't even line up for a free throw. What's crazy is we experienced that with the guy. We did a group in Paris and uh, CFO, he's very, very, very animated, very rah-rah. But sometimes it was overbearing for his coworkers. And so, you know, they didn't see the end result. They just saw him yelling and screaming. And they needed him to lead more than to scream more and be less competitive in, in certain aspects. They, they gravitated toward that a lot better than his style of leadership. And he had to learn through our program that he needs to lead differently. Mm-hmm. And if and if we can reach that guy and reach all these people and teach them how to lead differently, then their corporation is going to be better. And as a result, everybody wins. I mean, you can look no no further than this room. I mean, we, you have a team of guys right here. Even though you guys are the point guys and they, the people hear you without these guys on Absolutely. the production, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball, no different. Everyone talks about Steph Curry making 10 threes. But what about the screen that was set for him to Multiples. get open? Multiple screens. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that yeah. falls by the wayside. But Draymond set a couple of those, and now he's responsible for five of those threes. Mm-hmm. Now, Golden State won by 15 going away. Steph had 35 or 40, and Draymond doesn't get – but he does. Because yeah. the people who understand and understand the game, they see that his value mm-hmm. on the team. All right. And so we all have value. We just gotta figure out what that is. Man, appreciate you coming in. Appreciate you being in the studio, man. It was it was it was, it was a pleasure. Yeah. Anytime you guys you know, want me to come back, I'd yeah, love, I to, mean, we, love to be back. So thank you. Thank you. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent, and most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., that is me, is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, Executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team Wesley Robinson, and John Show. From Balto Creative Media, 
Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.